welcome to Parapods, City of Parramatta Libraries podcast. My name is Nissa, and today I'm here with my colleague Rachel. Hello. Hey, Rachel. Uh, today we are speaking to you from the Wentworth Point Community Centre in Library. Uh, what room are we in right now, Rachel? We're in uh, one of the music rooms, Music Room One. Wow. Yeah, and the music practice rooms are available for hire, aren't they? They are indeed. It's- as well as many other spaces we have. So we also have dance rooms and function rooms and you name it, we've probably got it. (laughs) (laughs) And if people are interested, where would they go to for that? Uh, You just go to the Wentworth Point Community Centre and Library website. There is an email. It's wpcclbookings at cityofparamatta.com, no, .newsouthwales.gov.au. Um, but yeah, as all the information's on the website though. Excellent, yeah. So um, I think we've really enjoyed recording in the past. I've recorded here with Catherine for podcasts as well, and I think some videos with Sandra, um, which you can find on our um, webs, well, our YouTube page. So uh, where we can attest to the fact that it's a fantastic facility, and we definitely would recommend that people uh, enjoy it the way we are enjoying it now. But uh, I digress. (laughs) Today, we're here to talk about sci-fi. So sci-fi is a genre of fiction that falls within, I guess, the family of what we call speculative fiction. So that includes history, dystopian fiction, horror, fantasy, supernatural, and of course, science fiction. Science fiction itself uh, deals with concepts such as time travel, alien life, advanced science, space exploration, and actually has been around for so long that it's got its own subgenres like apocalyptic fiction, which, you know, everyone is so aware of. Um, you've got space westerns, for example, the television series Firefly, which I know yes. Rachel <laughs> Rachel is also a fan of. And we're both, I guess, really still, that. <laughs> yeah, still mourning the fact that it only had one season. Uh, steampunk uh, is another subgenre. Also, space opera. Um, And an example of space opera, so actually it's a really cool concept. Space opera is all about space warfare, romance, everything basically um, turned up high. And an example is the graphic novel series Saga, um, Mm -hmm. which if any of you listeners out there remember, um, we reviewed for our Para Library YouTube channel in May 2018. So definitely um, something to check out. Sci-fi itself is... I mean, it's such an interesting and important way to pose, I guess, important philosophical and ethical mm-hmm. issues. I mean, you think of sci-fi, at least for me, someone who isn't really familiar with it. I know you're a fan. Yeah. Um, I would think, oh, well, sci-fi is all about aliens and, you know, spaceships. And you kind of tend to forget that sci-fi is a great way to pose really important questions like the television series Black Mirror is a great example. You've got these ethical questions uh, that are posed in such an interesting way and the medium that they use is like the genre of sci-fi. Um, and it, it, it's really interesting how sci-fi sort of feeds into reality and then vice versa, um, which is why I think I remember reading somewhere um, that the space program, or at least um, the scientist who was working on uh, the moon landing, actually was inspired by sci-fi, mm. uh, which I just find such an interesting concept, that whole thing where it's almost like art, right, where reality yeah. feeds into like something and then that feeds into reality. So... That's, that's that's pretty interesting, and I, I think the fact that sci-fi brings all that together is um, uh, something that is worth thinking about. But I digress. Um, sci-fi, we are going to be talking about three different books today. Yes. And you are going to list them for us. So those books are, we've got The Hidden Girl and Other Stories by Ken Liu. Uh, the publisher is Head of Zeus, and that was published this year in 2020. Um, the next book is Bone Silence, which is the third in a series of books by Alistair Reynolds. 
publishers Hatchet Book Group. That was also published this year. And then the last is the classic. We've got War of the Worlds, um, written by H.G. Wells and published by William Heinemann. Um, that was originally published in 1898. Mm. Yeah, so The Hidden Girl and Other Stories. That's yes. the one I was going to talk about. Um, okay, so the author of the book is Ken Liu. And if the listeners find that name familiar, it might be because in episode 37, Short Stories, we did actually um, talk about um, one of his books, Broken Stars, which was published last year. However, for that book, he was actually the translator. It was a collection of short stories um, and he translated them. Some of them he authored himself as well. And it was a very interesting collection, I guess, that piqued our interest in possibly having a look at something he has authored himself. Uh, so Ken Liu is a Hugo Award-winning American author um, who uh, translates, also translates fiction from Chinese. And um, it's he's, he's really interesting. He writes a mix of sci-fi and fantasy, which actually this collection is a mix of both of those genres. And it includes about 17 stories plus an excerpt from his um, Dandelion Dynasty fantasy novel. And I found that in his stories in the book, he really has like a few key themes that he focuses on, like family and memory, immigration, which I found really like a really interesting read. Some of my favorite stories include The Hidden Girl, um, which I guess it's sort of, I don't want to spoil it too much because these are short stories and I think revealing too much about the story sort of spoils it. But um, the story where the, the title of the book um, gets its name, it's set in the Tang Dynasty in the 8th century. And it's this sort of story about seen and unseen worlds. It looks at concepts like justice and it's it's almost like a traditional mythical story, which I found really interesting. Um there's another really good one called Seven Birthdays, which had like a certain amount of like sadness to it, but it was just so beautiful at the same time. Um, and another one called Memories of My Mother. So I, I think you can see like Seven Birthdays has to do with a mother. Memories of My Mother has to do with a mother. So there's a lot. Um, Hidden Girl has to do a little bit with almost like um, uh, uh, like a maternal relationship. And there's also like a relationship between a father and daughter, between people who are raised together who are almost like sisters. So family is mm. such an important part of all of these stories that he talks about. Um, and some of his stories have like a really strong climate change theme, uh, talking about a future where, you know, um, for example, there are these consequences to climate change that we see today that um present itself in the world as he imagines it in the future. Um, and there's a certain amount of commentary there about how climate change is caused by, you know, countries developing, well, developed countries or first world countries. But um, there's a certain amount of pressure placed on developing countries to impede, I guess, in some ways, their progress uh, to slow down climate and the resentment that's created because of that. So it's a really good collection of stories um, as I said, about 17 short stories plus excerpts from his new book. Um, look, he's, a, he's won practically every, I think, science fiction award out there. So it's totally worth looking at. Um, I would highly recommend it. So that was The Hidden Girl and Other Stories by Ken Liu. Um, yeah. Bone Silence. Yeah. You were going to talk about that book. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? So this book is the third in our series um, by Alistair Reynolds. So the first book was Revenger, and that one actually won 
the 2017 Locus Award for Best YA Book. But even though it won a YA award, it's it's considered more YA approachable. Mm. And same with the others in the series. They're, they're aimed at adults, but a, a teenager would feel comfortable reading this and would um, be comfortable. Um, so these books are an attempt at fun, fast-paced, far-future space opera, mm-hmm. which echoes nautical fiction. Um, so... This book has space pirates. Um, even the ships have sails on them, so the <laughs> sails catch the winds from the sun. Um, it sets tens of thousands of years into the future. Um, it's in our solar system, but it's not as we know it, so the eight planets have been destroyed, mm-hmm. um, and there's now thousands upon thousands of planets that are all um, man-made. Um, it's definitely a unique world, so if you want to read something that is not like what you know it, definitely read this book there's ancient technologies there are aliens in it but they don't play a major role um it's more comments to um in the history they they think that there must have been aliens so there's there's um occupations of the congregation so they know of 12 in the past so in the latest book in bone silence they um they're starting to answer all these questions that you get from reading the other books um, so you get all these questions to like, how do these occupations live? How do they not know their history? Um, they just have like hints of history. So there's things called baubles, which are basically um, time-locked asteroids or worlds. Like I'm not quite sure because I haven't finished Bone <laughs> Silence, so it hasn't quite answered that question yet. But um, they have all these treasures in them, so they're like things that we wouldn't even think of that humans definitely could not have made. Um, they have... So the reason um, this one's called Bone Silence is because they have all the ships have these skulls on them that they use to communicate with each other, oh. and they're ancient alien skulls, mm-hmm. and they don't know where they came from or how they came, but they plug into them and they can talk to each other. Um, so yeah, so the story continues on from the first book. The first book was originally written as a standalone book, um, but he's elaborated on that and now decided to answer some of the questions that you get from the first book, like how did all these things come about, especially... Um, the history development of the of the worlds. Um, it follows the story of the two Nest sisters. Um, so um, you know they they go out there. They want to make a better life for themselves. They come across some trouble. Then they want to get some revenge. And then they get the stigma that everyone thinks that they're the bad guys, but they're not. So they're trying to get rid of that. And as they go, they're trying to answer the questions of the universe that they've discovered along the way. Um, so I'm very excited to get to the end of this book. It is much longer than the previous books. It's mm. about double the size of the first one. Wow. <laughs> um, it does take a while to get into it as well. So um, you do have to bear with it and just get through maybe the first half. Um, but you get to a certain point, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. now it's happening. Now I know it's coming up. And how many books are there in the series? Three. Okay. So there's Revenger, then there is um, Shadow Captain, and then there's Bone Silence. So, and also, like, watch out, but there are Easter eggs in there. Uh-huh. So there'll be, you'll be reading a paragraph or a chapter, and you're like, what's the point in this chapter? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I reading this? This isn't really advancing the story at all. Mm-hmm. It comes back. Oh, wow. Later. So um, that's what I'm discovering now. Like, even from previous books, I'm like, why are they talking about that? Yeah. You know, I always find it amazing when authors do that, when they're writing, like, a series, and mm-hmm. they've got enough foresight to, like, 
lay all these Easter eggs and it's such mm. a great reward, isn't it, when you read mm. along and you discover them. So is this book three in the series? This is book three and it's the last one for now. So he's going to ah. leave this story for now. Like he's not, um, the author Alistair Reynolds isn't, he feels that he's done with the Nest Sisters. Uh-huh. Whether he comes back to it is a different story. Oh. But right now he's like, no, nah, I've finished with this story. So this one should wrap up uh-huh. all the questions that you get. Yeah. So definitely read the other ones before you read this one. Uh-huh. Um, we have all three available at the library. So you'll be set. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so. Brilliant. It's very that, interesting. That sounds like a really interesting, and you and you're quite a big fan of these, like sci-fi. So you'd be yeah. a really good judge of this, I guess. Yeah. So Alison Reynolds also has like other series. Uh-huh. Um, if you know him as an author, uh-huh. this book, these sets of books aren't like his other ones. It's a completely different world, completely different. So like, it's still his style of writing, but don't expect to go into the other worlds that he's created because it's not nothing like that. Brilliant. Well, I can't wait, actually. That seems like a really interesting <laughs> one for us to get into. Yeah. So the last book, uh, a classic, War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. So this book has been around for mm. over a 100 years and there have been so many adaptations. There was, I think there was like a Tom Cruise, Spielberg one. Oh, yeah, gosh. None of us really remember. Yeah. <laughs> I know. For the life of me, I can't remember. I'm sure I must have watched it. It, it did fairly well at the box office, but this mm. was like 15 years ago. Um, and I guess because you've got – it probably was part of like all these apocalyptic sort of um, movies that, you know, are set in America, so that's probably why I didn't remember. <laughs> but um, – Rachel and I was just talking about this. There were two really good adaptations mm. last year. So there was uh, Fox and Canal Studios uh, did a, um, a collaboration, um, an English and French collaboration in 2019. And that particular version um, starred Gabriel Byrne, the Irish actor, Elizabeth McGovern, who a lot of you would remember from Downton Abbey, Daisy Edgar-Jones from that brilliant series, Normal People. Um, and of course, Normal People, the book, Catherine and I had discussed it several episodes ago in one of our podcast episodes. And Rachel has mm. watched the 2019 BBC version, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, so that one's out. That one's quite good. So it's a, a version in, in the Edwardian period. Mm-hmm. It's an adaption in that time. Um, it stars Eleanor Tamlinson, which um, if you've watched... Um, Poldark, she plays Demelza, mm-hmm. um, or she's Lady Isabel Neville in the White Queen series, um, and also stars Raph Spall as George. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting one. It takes the um, it's it take it spreads out the timeline longer than the book does. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because yours, you said, was set in the Edwardian times. Mine is set, like the one that I watched, again, 2019. It's really mm. weird that they had two versions last year. Uh, my particular one is set in the modern times. So okay, it's cool. it's it's had one series, but definitely I think there's going to be another one as well. Um, and they're both, I think, adaptations of the book. Uh, yeah. They're not quite exactly how uh, it was set in the book. And, and that's the same with the Tom Cruise and many other versions out there. Because War of the Worlds was written during um, the late Victorian period. And so H.G. Wells is, I guess he's considered the father of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a really interesting description I found. Uh, Joseph Conrad called him a realist of the fantastic um, which I which I really, really liked. So um, I guess that's – and that really goes to a lot of stuff about um, sci-fi where you've got real details plus that extra bit of, I guess, extraterrestrial sparkle in there to just mm-hmm. make it interesting. So the, the story basically is it's a first-person narrative and it begins in Surrey in the United Kingdom. 
and we've got an unnamed male protagonist who is, you know, going about his day. He's a writer, and they have the, like these capsules. They come from Mars, and at first, you know, people are curious about it.、Mm. Um, but then you have these Martians or these creatures sort of emerge,、um, and then they encase themselves in these like huge like.、Um, This sort of armor and this machinery, where they can go about、uh, basically destroying vast swathes of land and people through these quote unquote heat rays,、mm. uh, and then wreak havoc basically throughout、um, you know the countryside, and then onward progressing to London until they are finally defeated. And you know they are finally defeated just because of the way the story is written. It's written sort of in the past tense of like this is what happened. So you do know that the protagonist. You know, survives、uh, for him to be talking about it. I came to the book fairly recently, to be honest. It's one of those things where I guess you're supposed to have read it in high school, but I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I did either. I've always, and I actually haven't still read it. I've just been watching the TV series. <laughs> well, see, it's one of those ones where you know a lot about them, but、exactly. you're not quite sure. So、yeah. I, I only recently read it. It's a very slim book. It's, it's, it's not hard to get through.、Um, But I was really surprised by certain elements because I'd only ever seen adaptations. So,、mm. one thing、uh, that's depicted in here, and it's depicted at a time, it's it's written, I guess, for its time where you've got people,、uh, you know, traveling by horse and cart, and you know,、um, technology is fairly basic. But there's a scene where they're talking about the destruction that starts to happen, and the heat rays.、Um, They、um, decimate like the tops of a lot of buildings, and there's a quote where it says the pinnacle of the mosque had vanished, and this was set somewhere in a town、um, in England. And I was really surprised. I'm like, oh well, it was. You sort of forget that the United Kingdom has really been like multicultural for a long time,、um, partly through its like.、Um, Colonial endeavors. Yeah, I was about to say, so, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so there was always going to be traveling in the other direction. Yeah. So that really surprised me.、Um, and again, there's、uh, there's a bit about you know imperialism is like a theme that comes up as well.、Um, there's one where they're talking about like the destruction, and there's a quote: "They've crippled the greatest power on earth." And I had to sort of pause and go, "Oh, of course, at that time." England was a great power. Like、mm-hmm. now, you sort of go post World War Two. It's American. It's a few other countries who have certain power. But back in the day, the UK was, you know, power. so powerful.、Yeah. That whole thing about where the sun never sets on the、mm-hmm. British Empire.、Um, there's also a quote, which I guess the way it is written, it's not something that we would, we wouldn't present ideas in the same way today. So they're talking about、um, quote native Tasmanians as quote inferior races. Now. The context tried. If you read the context, the author is trying to be sympathetic because they're talking about how Europeans exterminated certain races. So there is a certain amount of sympathy, and I think that goes back to H.G. Wells' socialist background. However, just the way it's expressed is in such a a politically incorrect way, and and you sort of are reminded of okay, there. This book was written in another time where, yeah, where it was okay to write like that. Exactly, <laughs> even if your, I guess, heart was in the right place. So that was a really interesting thing for me to be、um, confronted with. Also, sort of casual sexism. Again,、um, there's a scene where they're talking about a curate who goes a bit.、Um, he goes a bit crazy, you know, with you know being stuck in the one place、um, and hiding from the Martians. And、um, the quote is, "He was as lacking. He was as lacking in restraint as a silly woman." And 
again, <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, you are confronted with and you go, okay, <laughs> this was written for the time. Uh, you have to sort of keep that in mind when you're reading it. But it does, it does, I guess, feel really annoying when you do read it. Um, <laughs> One of the really great things, actually, I um, oh, there's there's actually really some really good quotes. Um, so one of the ways, again, this is not really spoiling it because the book's been out for so long. Um, one of the ways the Martians are defeated are through the fact that they're not used to bacteria, um, and the quote is, "By the toll of a billion deaths, man has brought his birthright off the earth." And I just found that really, really oh. good. That's that's a, such a good line yeah, because that is true where, you know, humans have inhabited, you know, um, the earth for so long and been exposed to, mm. you know, bacteria and developed immunity and, you know, gone through hardships. And that's how they've adapted to the particular, you know, planet we're on. Whereas for the Martians, that wouldn't have been the case, even though um, I guess intellectually they were somewhat superior, which is how mm. they were able to get the power they had. And another really good, I, I could do so many quotes through here, but I'll just keep <laughs> the one. Um, so at the end, sort of when the author is being a bit um, philosophical about it, well, not the author, sorry, I meant the, 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 the protagonist. And they're talking about one of the benefits. So there's a lot of destruction, a lot of death because of what happened. But there are benefits um, to the events of having been you know, conquered by the Martians for several months, I think it was, or weeks. And uh, the quote is, it has robbed us of that su- it has robbed us of that serene confidence in the future, which is the most fruit- fruitful source of decadence. And I really like that idea where sometimes you have to go through adversity to actually, um, you know, really be motivated to work um, harder because if you've got if you've got a life of decadence, a life of comfort, then perhaps you're so confident in the future that you won't make any effort. And the fact that they had to go through strife and go through a hard period is what would motivate people to progress. And that's something I really enjoyed. So yeah, War of the Worlds, definitely worth reading. I think some of these classics are really worth revisiting just to compare with because you've got so many adaptations coming out. I mean yeah. Right now, we've got that um, really interesting series, uh, Brave New World. That's just... That's, that, I think that just started on the weekend. I it's it's, it's just, just come out. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's fairly recent. And that's a really interesting adaptation for the 1932 mm-hmm. novel. Um, so I think with a lot of those classics being adapted, it's really interesting to read. Go back to the text and read and, you know, maybe get a bit more detail, see um, what sort of concepts they were talking about. Because... I guess it's really interesting to see what their vision of the future was. Mm-hmm. And now we are, I guess, in their future. So yeah. to compare and see what's, um, you know, what has stood the test of time, mm-hmm. how accurate they would have been, how way off base they were. I mean, <laughs> not all of us have hovercrafts at this stage, which I'm guessing they thought we would have. Um, so, yeah, so sci-fi is super, super interesting uh, from that point of view. And also just because some of the great concepts and, like, topics of discussion that come up, um, so it's totally worth that. Mm. So yeah, so that was me with H.G. Wells's book, War of the Worlds, uh, which I would definitely recommend. Um, I guess that's us with, that's us, yeah. with sci-fi, yeah, yeah, which is definitely definitely a genre worth checking yeah. out. It's not all about aliens and spaceships, just need to keep... Yeah, it's right, they're in the right there. <laughs> <laughs> we need to keep reminding ourselves yeah. that about it. Uh, 
So if you would like to listen to more episodes of our podcast, you can find us on Parapods, uh, which you can find on Podbean, the app, Apple Podcasts or podcasts through Google Play. We also have a new podcast channel called Paracold. So that's para and then C-A-L-D for culturally and linguistically diverse, which is our podcast channel, a new podcast channel that is dedicated to podcasts that the library is putting out in other languages. Mm. Uh, so if um, you know you speak another language, you might find an episode um, there as well discussing a variety of topics. So that's me, Nissa, and, and Rachel. Thank you. Signing off mm-hmm. from Wentworth Point Community Centre and Library. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast.